Nick with Vantage Point Podcast. Want to welcome y'all back to another week with us, man. If you're listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, again, just appreciate you being a part of us on this journey. And we're going we're in week five of our series called Father Figures. And let me tell you, this series has been an absolute blessing. So if this is your first time listening to us, I want you to go back, listen to the last four episodes of this series, because it has literally been life-changing, not just for me, but I know other people and the feedback that I'm getting, that I've been getting about it has just been amazing. And so if you've been with us since week, since the first week, I want to, I want to do an ask for y'all. If you're on Apple podcasts, that's how you listen. I want you to rate. I want you to leave a review. Let me know how this series is impacting you for week five. I'm bringing another special guest. I actually met this brother um, at Christian Life Center in Tinley Park, where we used to uh, attend church out there in Illinois. And um, the way we met uh, just was hilarious. We had came back and the youth, the youth that we were uh, with when we were there just kind of saw us come in the door. We kind of didn't tell anybody we were coming. Um, and they just literally went crazy when we walked in the door. And it does, and I remember talking to Pastor Tony. He was like, man, I thought Drake or somebody walked in here the way those kids scream. And so he has just been a, um, a blessing to kind of watch him through social media. And um, we even have gone back and forth because I'm a Cubs fan. He is a um, mm. St. Louis Cardinals fan. So if yes. I have any St. Louis Cardinal fans that listen to me, you probably go. won't listen to me after the day because I just told you I'm a Cubs fan. But um, without further ado, I just want to bring in Pastor Tony Gilmore out of St. Louis. Um, he has a story, a journey in, in being a dad, and I know it's going to bless us. So welcome to Vantage Point, Pastor Tony. Man, I'm glad to be here. And uh, listen, even though you're a Cubs fan, you know, I mean – one championship in about a hundred years. We're not gonna harp on that go. too much. That's all right. You're you're good. You're good people, man. I love you, know, you if and you just, if you just put on the Cubs jersey one time, it it, it the pinstripes will bless you. I'm telling you. They, I feel they like I'm a disintegrate. They speak to you. <laughs> It'll speak to you, you transform, you know, it's just, we, and I go to transformation out here. We talk about transforming lives that, <laughs> that car, the Cubs Jersey might just transform and you just get that winning mindset. You never know. You never know. I feel you like, I know. feel like I was just turning the dust. I feel like I was just disintegrate and just turning <laughs> the dust right on the spot. So wow. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna have to do a gentleman's bet one day if they get to the playoffs again and play each other and, we're going to have to social media each other in the uniform like LeBron yeah. and D-Wade did that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. We're we going to have to make that happen. <laughs> well, man, I like I said, I appreciate you being a part. And I've watched um, just your journey as a dad since we connected and, and started following each other on social media. And, you know, I, I really feel like you have. A, a, a level of wisdom and a level of, of understanding and insight. And we talked prior to recording and I already know that that is so true. Um, because if you, um, for those that listened to the last two episodes, you know, we, we talked to some other dads that were in a different season of fatherhood. You know, they're just getting started. Um, kids are between like birth and five years old. And so this journey um, that they've been on and shared on it, and we really, uh, just really dig in, dug in deep the last two weeks for that. And mm -hmm. so now, uh, Pastor Tony, um, one of the things I, I, I enjoyed about him is we actually, I confirmed, we talked like all of his children are adults. Yep. And so that's like a whole nother, um, I'm on my way there. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. <laughs> and so it, it's this, it's a whole different season of, of life. And so before we get into all of that, I, I want to take you back a little bit. We're going we're gonna to get back, go back in time a little bit okay. and just talk through kind of a twofold question. So the moment you found out, I'm going to be a dad. Um, because we talked about that in the first week of that, that just the feeling and the, you know, yeah. the fears that maybe that uh, men have when it comes to that. And then also that first look when you saw your, your firstborn for the first time, your first, this is your first creation yeah. of life and just what that felt like. So that's kind of where we'll start off with it. And I just love to hear your insight on that. Yeah, I can say I was probably about 20. Uh, when uh, my daughter was born and I just lost my mother maybe six months before. And so it was a, it was a very trying time in my life. And 
um, it was, I was terrified. I was terrified. I was scared. I, all the things that go into, I wasn't ready. All of those things uh, that happened, but she was beautiful. And I think that there's something about those moments when you, when you see your child that the fears are still there, anxiety is still there, but there's something that kicks in uh, when you see them. And she, she was just beautiful. She was gorgeous. And, you know, even though in that season of my life, I was extremely selfish and self-centered and wasn't, um, it would take me years to grow into the dad that I needed to be for her because I was 20 at that time. And just, um, it, it was just a very, losing my mom, all the things that were going on is a very unique time in my life. And so she could have been a huge stabilizing force in that moment, but I was not mature enough to know how to be the dad that I needed to be for her. And so I went through some, I went through some challenges uh, with that. Yeah. And you know, we, that, that's so good because we talked about that in the first week of that fear of, you know, I, it could be wide ranging, right. And not only the fear of becoming dad, but also the, you're still in that, um, we could even call it fear of becoming you. Um, yeah. where you're still learning who you are and then yeah. you losing a, a, a vital piece to you and in, in your mom and yeah. not, not only navigating that, um, whether it, you know, the grief and the rem and all of those things, being able to navigate that, but also now I have to transition my mind to shift to this responsibility and yeah. this, 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 this honor really to, I've brought this life into the world right and now who i'm the parent of and so it's it's almost like a like a passing of torch and so to speak and, and now you're into yeah. that mindset and so i appreciate you sharing that and i know you know we talked every guest has talked about that look that first just wow like okay yeah. wait a minute i created this this yeah. person and then it's like oh i created this person <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, this, yeah. it's this shock and awe. Like, I did that. Like, I was yeah. part of this creation, you know. And anybody that creates anything, music, I mean, you you know, it, it's that feeling of this is what I built. This is what I've, you know, through God, this is what, what I have now given this world this gift. And yeah. he's given me this gift. And so... You know, kind of talk to that because now you have, I believe, how many? How many children? I don't think we so, covered that one. Six. 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 Okay. Yep. Six just like children. me. Just like me. Got yep. six. And got so a now. Got on the bench. Hey, hey, got got my starting five and and the six man. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really, just kind of as you going through it, right? You now one child, two child, three children. Yeah. Like, where do you like? Did my question would be, did that first look ever change? No, it, it never changed. And I think that it's, it's, they have this commercial that's out where, you know, when the first child is born, everything's done with these kit gloves. And then the second child is like, yeah, <laughs> the first one survived. So the second one will, and then you get three <laughs> and you're four and you're like, yeah. But, um, with, I think my parenting grew as I grew. My, my role as a dad began to develop as I developed as a person. And I really think this, you know, with all of our children, that the versions of me showed up with each child at every stage that I was in my development as a man. And it's like, so when you look at that, it's like my first child didn't get things that my last child got because mm, I good. had grown by the time mm -hmm. my last child was, had come along. And so it was, you know, navigating that with the first child. They're like, well, dang, you, <laughs> you, you got her car or dang, yeah. you, you, but it's like, you're at a different stage. And so being able to navigate your growth as a dad along the way, yet making mm -hmm. every child feel valuable it's yeah. it's work it's a challenge but it's a challenge that's worth fighting for oh yeah for sure and, and i love how you talked about like there there's that growth with every child and i know that commercial because i think they even 
by the third kid, she hands the child to like the mechanic, like hold her, hold her for a second while I get you the. It's like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't care how many kids I got. I just ain't gonna just here you go. Hold it, right. hold it for me right. real quick. Like hold on, you know. Yeah. But um, it, it's so true because I think that's the perception people have. It's like, okay, you get you got one child, two that that sort of wades away by the third or fourth, but it really it really doesn't. Because like you said, you've, you've grown in a sense, right? You, you learned, you've adapted. Um, yep. And then you throw the dynamic of, is it a son or a daughter? Because then that even throws you even further. Um, yeah. And then I know we were talking earlier too. Um, and in another thing we have in common is we're a blended family. Yep. And so I would love to hear that. And you talked about having a testimony and that, that kind of journey that you took um, as a dad, um, you know, coming together, bringing this family together. And so just go into that a little bit, just what was that journey like and kind of tying it with everything we've talked about so far? Well, I will tell you, after having gone through my divorce, um, there were a couple of choices that I made before I got married uh, again. One is I wanted to marry someone who had kids because they would know what it means to, to value your kids. And number two, I wanted to marry someone who loved their kids because, you know, there is, it's kind of weird when you get out there and you're, you're dating again after being divorced or maybe you're a single person and you're like, well, this person is just beautiful. They love me. They, we get along great. But so, whoa, 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 I'm a package. Yeah. They're a package. And if you don't go in with those lenses, you can end up creating something that's great for you but horrible for your family. And so yeah. I went in with these different lenses and it was such a God thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, my son and my daughter who were my stepson and my stepdaughter, I, we don't even use a step phrase, but coming into their life, I began to do some things intentionally by the spirit of God to bridge the gap with blending our family. Mm -hmm. The first thing I did was I read a book. I read everything that I could. And there is this book by Ron, a guy by the name of Ron Deal called Smart Step Families. So I read that book and spent time figuring out how can I, how can I bring our families together? And he makes this statement in the book that radically changed my mind. He said, step families or blended families aren't made in a microwave. They're made in a crock pot. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, I was like, because I wanted to come in and I wanted everything to be blended immediately. And it's yeah. like, no, it is a slow, slow process. And the biggest thing that you've got to do as a step parent coming in is letting the kids know you're not just the new husband, but you're a new parent. And that part is the mm -hmm. one that takes time. They had to recognize that I don't just love your mom, but when yeah. I said I do, I love you. And yeah. I had to take them on a journey. And so one of the journeys was our daughter, Amber. Uh, Amber tried to run me off. She pretty much anything that like, if you've seen a movie where kids are trying to run the other oh, parent yeah. off, some <laughs> of that went off. Yeah, yeah. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and just said, love her. And I just did. I yeah. just loved her. I just loved her. I just loved her. Even when things weren't the best, I just loved her. And where we are today, uh, you couldn't tell that she, no one could tell that she's not my real daughter because of the way that we are with one another. And, and it, it came from some of those principles that I learned early on about blending. Now we went through our challenges because Amber was Angie's youngest and Gabby was my youngest. And we made a decision not to have kids together because we didn't want the golden child syndrome. It was just something that we, thought about. Whereas if we're blending a family and then we have one together, there may be the thought that this child will get advantages that nobody else would get. And we just decided, you know, that just wasn't yeah. anything that we were going to do. And it, I mean, 16, 17 years later, we're, we're living in the fruit of it. I mean, our, our family yeah. gets along. They, they, it's just, it's just beautiful. And I, I thank God without, Gabby and Amber went through their phase because they're the youngest. They were both the youngest on their side. So there was a rivalry between both of them that mm -hmm. eventually faded away and we were able to become uh, a family. Yeah. 
And, and I know, like, and we talked about that because I, I went, we went through our own highs and lows with being a blended uh, family. And, and I love that quote because I didn't read that in the book, but there was a devotional on the Bible app that may have been by the same person, most likely, because I remember watching a video where he talked about the same thing about it being this crock pot. And, and he even used it like, you know, you ever had some really good stew, like some yeah. real good stew. And you know, your mom or your grandma cooked that thing for like six hours because right. she put all these ingredients. You were watching her like, why are you throwing corn in there? Why are you throwing carrots and beef and green beans and all this? You putting this on this pot. Those, those things don't even go together. But when that heat got on it and it started to simmer and oh. six hours later, you you got up and you woke up from that nap and you came in the house and you smelled that stew. You yeah. said, my God, today, what have you put together? Because this smells amazing. And yeah. that's so true of blended family. It is truly a, a process. And sometimes yeah. that process is a grind. And sometimes it's smooth sailing. And sometimes it's the Titanic, it feel like sometimes. Oh like it's God, going yeah. down. We going down with the ship. Um, <laughs> the band playing, as Steve Harvey said. <laughs> like, what are we doing, right, you know? Right. Um, and true. then other times, like you said, when you get to that end of that, of that journey, though, like there's this thing that this beautiful family that you now have that you yeah. see. Um, and I know even for me watching you, I didn't even know y'all were blended family. I just thought y'all had six kids and it was great. And they would, you know, so when I'm looking at it, you know, that's just like, wow, that's, that's really encouragement to me because yeah. I know I've had those moments like almost pulling my hair out and I ain't got none for the, all that don't know I'm bald. So I, <laughs> I ain't got nothing to pull out, but I was pulling it sometimes because I was just so frustrated and, and it's so true when you talked about that. And um, another thing, um, you know, you talked about experiences. And so I want to go into a little yeah. bit, just your own journey with your dad. And, yeah. you know, how do you feel that has shaped you? Um, because in week two, I talked about lessons learned. And mm. whether the lesson was good, bad, the worst, or ever, you yeah. learned something and you either adapted it and integrated it or you adapted and saw it and chose not to integrate it, mm -hmm. but you still learned something from the lesson. So I'm just, I'm curious and just for everybody listening, just, you know, your own experience with your dad and what did you gain from that, that helped you as a dad? You know, I, uh, my dad passed away three years ago and I had to do his eulogy. And at the mm -hmm. funeral, I, uh, I gave this message called the tale of two dads. And there is a dad that I grew up with who was absent, selfish mm -hmm. at times, focused on his own things. I'll never forget I'm playing baseball and it's, it's like a huge tournament and I beg my dad to come out and he only comes out for three innings and misses wow. the biggest part of the game. It's those were my memories. But yeah. then Right around the time, I guess, after I was about 35, 40 years old, something shifted. Mm -hmm. And he began to show up for everything. As a matter of wow. fact, eventually he would join the church that I lead. And oh, wow. the thing that um, people um, remember is how outwardly proud of me he was. And he did not hesitate to mm -hmm. let people know who I was, what I was doing, he served at that church three to four wow. days a week in our food pantry. And so the dad who started out absent became present and he showed me something. It's never too late. Yeah. That is never too late to shift it around. Because as I tell the story of my oldest daughter, there, because I was so immature and so young, there were some mm -hmm. absent days and there were some times that I should have been there more, yeah. but wasn't. And my dad showed me that you can make the switch and you can make the turn and make it all better. And so when my oldest got about 12 years old, 12, 13 years old, I made a drastic shift in the way that our relationship was. Mm -hmm. And our relationship is great today. And, and so, Man. you know, Man. I want to encourage every dad today because it's like sometimes we beat ourselves up yeah. because 
we didn't start out right. Well, um, we know this. We hear it preached. It's not how you start. It's how mm-hmm. you finish. And yeah, today yeah. could be that line of demarcation where you say, you know what? The old dad is dead. And yeah. the new dad is coming to life. And it takes time yep. because credibility could be lost. And so kids need to see. They don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear what you're going to do. Just do it. Yeah. And what ends up happening is it changes. Now my oldest daughter, she tells me now that when I get married, I want to marry somebody like you. Man. And to hear her say that after how yeah. we started, it is the grace of God. Yeah. And I think that that's so good because I know my own journey. I can, I can relate to those two points of here's how my dad was and how that infected me. And then this journey of my own journey as a dad and how I've been absent or not been um, there because I, you know, I'm not a perfect dad and and no dad earthly is. Um, but I love what you said of that point of demarcation, because it's just like, even, you know, we can, we can equate it to salvation. You know, we, we led this life that was not of God until we made the decision to stop that and start here. And so for those dads out there or that you feel like, man, it's too late. It's too, it is, it's never too late it is never because the one thing i I know i'm learning as my children transition into adulthood yeah is the constant truth of your children will always need you in some way shape or form that's the truth they will and whether or not their anger wants to tell you they don't or their mindset tells you they don't or their independence makes you lead that they don't I'm yeah. telling you, they will call. I mean, I called my mom the other day and I'm 37 yeah. with some advice. Hey, I need to talk to you. And <laughs> here's what I need from you. <laughs> and it was, we had to out, I had to outline, I don't need this. I, I, this is what I need. And so, because we know parents, we know we will give you what we think you need. <laughs> I call it overcoaching. <laughs> yeah. We go over, we go, you go, Hey, you jump off this foot, you do this, you you know, all of you release point is here. Yeah. But it's like, no, 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 no. I just need you to, I'm gonna shoot the ball and just tell me one or two things. That's all I need. Um, but it was so good and so rich because it was like, I needed that. Yeah. Like I, I needed that. That was, that was food to my soul. And it wasn't the advice. It was the fact that it came from my mother Yeah. You know? and it was a free space. And so I think sometimes when you think about, like you said, sometimes dads, we get into this, it's too late. I know I've been there, kids, oh, they're 18 now, or they're this, and I've missed so much. We can always turn. We can always get to that That's next it. step. We can always do those things because it, you'll always be needed in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, now, I know the one thing you can't do is come in there and try to be what they needed in another season, in this new season, you know, you can't be, I'm the dad telling you what to do. Right. And they 25. Like it just right. don't work that way. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just not going to work. You know, they've made choices. They are 25. They are adults. Yeah. Like they are not like that preteen adult. They're like adult adult. Like there ain't no yeah, teen yeah. on it no more. Like you know, real adult. <laughs> you know, my daughter was like, it's my last teen year. I was like, okay, yeah, then you'll be a real adult then. Cause now it's 20, you know, no teen on it, you know? Um, but it's, it's so key because, when you have that mindset, you can approach it differently. Um, And, and, you know, speaking of that adulthood, I think that's, that's another thing that I've, I've enjoyed watching is, and I don't even know what to call it yet. I'm I'm, I'm thinking of it. It has to have a name has to have one because it, you know, parenting adults, like that's just a whole nother layer of this, this moment. And I talked about this in, in, in week two, where one of the lessons God showed me these last two years is he literally checked me um, and came to me one day. And it was one of our oldest ones. We were trying to, you know, Oh, you need to do this. When you go to college, you need to do this. And And he came to me. He's like, why are you trying to do my job? Mm. And I said, Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. What what do you mean? What do you mean? He was like, you're trying to order her steps. Yeah. He was like, that's my job. 
I said, well, wait a minute now. Hold on. I'm I'm not supposed to not give her information. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. You're literally trying to order what she does. And your job was to train and guide. So when I order those steps, she doesn't depart. And when he put them two things together for me, I was just, I mean, I got checked so hard. I said, I'm going to just shut up then. (laughs) He was like, no, don't do that. But just know that I'm the one ordering. I was like, and God, what if I'm thinking worst case scenario in the world happened? I'm talking red alert button. Yeah. Wave the flag. He was like, but I order her steps. I said, even in the mess, he was like, didn't I order yours? And look at where you are. Yeah. And so I would love to hear your insight on parenting adults and how you one make that transition. Yeah. And then two, how do you navigate those waters? Because that's a whole different. They ain't even on the boat with you no more. They they in their own yeah. boat. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting is I equate it to the way that people teach in high school and the way people teach in college. Elementary school to high school, you're taught what to think. When you get into college, they're teaching you how to think. And so you're, you're developing critical thinking skills. And so you're making, you're looking at a problem or looking at an issue and you get to creatively, critically look at it and come up with your own answer. But there's always a foundation that has to be given. That's a launching point for wherever you're going to go in your critical thinking. So with me as a parent teaching our kids, I was telling them, hey, this is what the word of God says. This is how the word of God says live. Once I planted that foundation, and I'd say right around 14 or 15 is when I started noticing I'm going to have to shift a little bit because Mm -hmm. if I tried to tell the kids how to handle everything while they're living with me, then when they get on their own, they won't be able to think on their own. Mm -hmm. So when they got into high school, I had to start allowing guided experiences. Mm -hmm. So guided experiences, dad, I want to go to a party. Old school thinking, no, you're not going to a party. You're not (laughs) going to anything. You can't go skating. You can't go to the movies, whatever, whatever that is. But what I started doing was in a responsible way, I'd check whatever it was and say, you can go, but here's what to look for. So not house parties, but like school stuff and, and stuff course, that I knew was yeah. safe. And what would happen is they would see what I was talking about. So mm-hmm. by allowing them to have those guided experiences under our roof, when they got out on their own, they didn't feel necessary to wild out. Yeah. I'm free now. And mm-hmm. so it's I started making that shift when they got into high school. And now parenting adult kids, I call it, I'm a sports guy. There you go. I call it coaching. Yeah. So I'm coaching now. I come in and instead of saying, hey, you better do this, you better do that. It's like, listen, I don't know about that choice. Yeah. It's yeah. like, if I were you, I would consider looking at A and B. C does not seem to be the right choice. And then I said, but you know what? You're a grown up now. I'm yeah. going to let you. And I'm still there. I'm still there to back up. I'm still there to support. But it's like, I need you to know how to think now. I've taught you what to think. Now, let me help you guide, help guide you on how to think. And I'll tell you the hardest part, that part when you're making that transition Mm -hmm. is so tough. Yeah, it is. Because I go, I was, especially when they were like that 18, 19, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're bouncing back and forth between telling them what to think and telling them how to think. And it's (laughs) like, you you, you have to go in and you're like, I'm sorry. You know what? You got to make this choice. You got to live with it. But then you come back the next day. No, you ain't. This is what we not going to do. We not going to do this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Go back to that James Evan, that James Evans. (laughs) Right, right. Good time. Look. (laughs) But here's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is when they feel comfortable coming to you at 22, 23, and 24, because they know you're not trying to dictate. You're just, you're a coach. And they say, I just need wise counsel from you. And and that's, that's the beauty of it. And and it's, listen, I ain't gonna lie. It's not easy. It's like, it's not easy to see your kid when you look and you're like, I see this train coming but you're going to go against my counsel and do it anyway. I know how this is going to end up. 
Yeah, but yeah. I got to let you feel it because you're more yeah. God's child than you are mine. Yeah. And I love how you said the um, the sports analogy because the first thing that popped into my head because yet another thing we have in common, we both coached basketball before. Yeah, um, I remember moments and I had, and I didn't know why I started doing this until I watched other coaches do it. Um, I would constantly want to call a timeout when they got in trouble. Yes. And we would be up 10 or whatever, you know, and this other team, because, you know, they always going to make a run. They always going to mm-hmm. come back. Every team's got one good spurt in them if you up on them enough. They gonna Because you're going to get comfortable, and they're going to yeah. do what they do. And I remember watching the coach. Um, their team was up like 15. And the next thing you know, it was like five minutes. They're, they're down two. Mm-hmm. Or no, they were, uh, they were still up five. So they lost, the 10, they lost 10 points on the lead. And everybody's feeling like, okay, this is a good time to call a timeout. This man never called it. He yeah. never called it. And they ended up, um, they ended up winning the game in, in overtime. But somebody had asked him, why didn't you call a timeout when they were, you know, going, you know, losing the lead? And that would have been, you know, and, and he said the shortest, simplest, he's like, they had to feel what that was like first. Mm. They had to yeah. feel what losing what they had was like. Yeah. And then how to get out of it. Because yeah. if I call a timeout every day, every time, then they don't learn how to, what it feels like. And they don't learn how to navigate themselves out of it because That's they have it. to lead themselves out of that one yeah. in a way. And I thought that was so just, it was like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And then yeah. when you're talking about like that's that, that, that coaching, but like you said, Pastor Tony, I will tell you that is, like okay, I'm coaching, but it's like, ah, uh, uh, yeah. Like, I true. see, like you said, I see the train. I see it. Yeah. How, oh, like Lord, you see that train too. Like, <laughs> you gonna let that? You gonna let that train hit him? You want me to just grab him real quick for you? He was like, mm, I didn't grab you. And see, I think that's as a dad because we're we're protectors. We're yeah. we're guardians of the galaxy that oh, yeah. our whole heartbeat is to protect our children from pain yeah. i mean it's the hardest thing in the world to watch you know especially my girls the boys i'm like boy get up you are here. Get <laughs> yeah. up. dust it off yeah so yeah it's broken drink Man, some water you'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> but when you see your girls going through pain yeah. and I mean honestly it's just pain period your kids yeah you want to step in and stop it but sometimes that is the worst thing you can do because if they don't feel it, if we if we bail out every time, if we enable every bad choice, what ends up happening is they never get to feel what it's like to make a bad choice. And now that 19-year-old who, if you allowed a year or two of making bad choices and experiencing some of the stuff that they experience, yeah. now becomes a 40-year-old that is still living in your basement, mm-hmm. still borrowing money from you, still not able to adequately take care of themselves because you have dwarfed them by trying mm. to protect them. Mm. That's so good. That That is so good because, it, like you said, it, it just has to – there's that balancing act. And and even at that 18 to 21, that's yeah. like the, the real peak of – because really – while they're experiencing your learning, yeah. how do I do this? How do I do that? And I think, you know, like we talked about that, that coaching mindset, you know, I, I often say like people who don't coach sports don't understand sometimes why we do, why coaches do what they do. Why do they, yeah. and, and there's so many and life lessons in there. And so, so many. I want to talk a little bit about that because not only just from a coaching standpoint, but I think a ministry standpoint as well. Right. So we're talking about kids that aren't yours, that Mm -hmm. who you are been entrusted with. And I know for me, when I coached high school basketball, I, I, I tried to write a list of all the titles that I became. Um, (laughs) So I was the basketball coach. I was the dad, the uncle, the cousin, the, the counselor, the Dean, um yeah. the the dating advisor um the 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 drill sergeant you know we can yeah. go down the list like you become all these things and i yeah. remember like those players will tell the coach more yeah and even That's we'll it. go into like the student pastor and you 
because we were talking about that last week with uh, Joshua Lyle, and he's a student pastor right here in Tulsa. Yeah. He was like, man, sometimes I talk to these parents, and they're like, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. And it's like, because there's this level of, of trust that's built, for one, and it was something you said earlier, and I, w- I wanted to add to it, but I think it speaks to this, and I'll let you jump into it, but I feel sure. like when you create that safe space yep. for them to express, yeah. So when you talk about the, oh, that's what it was. You were talking about being that, that coach role and, and you having that, the, they want to be able to express themselves when they talk to you as the adult, but yeah. they also don't want the judgment that came when they were 14 and 15 either. That's and it. So I think when you talk about coaching and ministry, I would love to hear just how have you navigated that? And it doesn't have to be student ministry either. It could be training leaders because, you know, you probably have some young men under you that, that you are grooming in ministry, whether it's pastoring or other things, but you still take that father figure on with them. So just go into that a little bit for us. And and what's that journey been like? Sure. It's honestly what I feel I was put on earth to do uh, to raise up leaders. And so with that, we have spiritual sons, we have spiritual daughters, And in that process, what I'm learning in ministry is there aren't many fathers anymore. There aren't many ministry fathers anymore. There are so many that are bent on building their kingdom. And and the whole idea is, hey, oh, you want a spiritual dad? Here, come alongside me and I'll be your spiritual dad. But really, it's not so much that dad-son relationship. I'm pulling you close because I need your help. I need yeah. your energy. I need your intellect. I'm using you for lack mm. of a better word. But yeah. a spiritual father is one that says, listen, I'm giving you everything because I want you to stand on my shoulders and mm. get further and higher than I got faster than I got here. Amen. And so what I do with the guys and, and we have, like I said, spiritual daughters as well, is I give them that spiritual mentoring yet spiritual discipline at the same time Mm -hmm. and so the spiritual discipline is hey that was stupid what Mm -hmm. what are we doing what are we doing (laughs) yeah yeah you know better than that it's like because if if somebody really loves you they're going to tell you the truth yeah and i know for me what i wanted when i was younger in ministry is i just wanted somebody to come alongside me and say tony you're too ambitious slow down yeah you're you're getting off in the pride you need some more humility. Tony, you know what? You need to take some time off ministry and just serve. Stop preaching for a season and just serve behind the scenes so God can begin to deal. I wanted somebody to come alongside me that would help me build my character because mm. without my character, my, my, my platform will be, it won't be solid. It's like I can rise to a place that I can't sustain. Mm. And so when I'm uh, parenting my spiritual sons and daughters, I parent them from a standpoint of, hey, let's, your gift is your gift. I'm gonna help you develop your gift and I'm gonna give you opportunities, but we behind the scenes, we're gonna have some hard conversations. How is your walk with sex? How is your walk with lust? And ask them the questions that a true spiritual dad would ask. But while I'm asking these questions, I'm also giving you everything I got and giving you opportunities to grow and develop and not just you coming alongside me and helping me build what God has given me. Yeah. And what I found, Nick, in that is when, when you, it's, it's called the power of believing in somebody. When you believe in somebody so much that even when they don't feel like they're ready, you're like, nope, you're going to do this offering today. Nope, you're going to do this prayer today and you give them opportunities to grow, that person, man, they'll love you forever. And you will get the opportunity and the beauty for me, the beauty for me in this season of my life in just period is to help people get past me. I just wanna help people get past me. And so um, parenting them, I ask, I ask questions like I do my own kids. They're a part of our family. Mm-hmm. So. I think that that is just, you know, I love what you said, because I I would agree, you don't see the, the spiritual fathers, like you talked about, 
um, with the, you know, like you say, you, it's, it's kind of, they're building their own quote unquote kingdom and not really to uplift you, but to, for you to hold them up while they still yep. be doing, um, <laughs> and then your breaks back, you break your back doing, holding them up. And that's not right. the way when you talk about being a father or spiritual father, yeah. earthly father, that's just not the one. It's not the way God designed it to be. Um, in that sense, because, you know, when you think about that ministry, like you talked about passing the, the torch and, yep. and not necessarily, oh, you're taking over for me, but how can you, you know, I impacted the kingdom this way during my yes. lifetime. How can I take what I know, build you up to reach far further than I have? Um, and if I could say this, yeah, sure. it, I don't want to forget this part. I'm not trying to make many me's. Of like, course. I don't need you to be, my, I don't want yeah. you to be me. I'm the only me that ever existed. You're the only you that ever existed. So my goal in our conversations and our mentoring is to help pull out of you what God put in yeah. you, your style of preaching, your personality and leadership, your way of doing things. Yeah. All I'm giving you is principles and practices. I'm yeah. not trying to give you, hey, this is exactly how I did it. So you better do it like this. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that just gets weird. So I'm yeah. sorry. I just had to Oh, say no, that's true. Because you, you'll sit there and, and, and I, I, I've heard people say this um, with, you know, I, I attend Transformation Church in Tulsa. And yeah. if you've seen Pastor Mike, uh, yeah. <laughs> very, very loud, very just, you know, he's energy, high energy. And, yeah. you know, I, I know for me personally, because I've, I've had some, some time with him and, and, and just enjoy being in the ministry of yeah. I'll get on this podcast and be like, okay, I, I need to sound, not that I need to sound like him, but I need to, okay, I need to make sure I sound energetic or that, you know, and it's like, no, I just need to be me and whatever that me is, that's what you get. Um, and, yeah. and I, I love, I love that addition in there because I, I know people, will sit there and, you know, obviously you see something, you want to emulate that. Yeah. But then when that spiritual father comes in there to say, hey, so I like how you did that. However, you don't need to sound like me. You don't need to sound yeah. like T.D. Jakes. You don't need to sound yeah. like Joel Osteen. You need to sound like you. So let's, let's work on how you sound because yeah. your gift, your voice is something unique that no one's ever heard before. So let's work on that. And I think that's, that's where you get to that real, that, that thick of, 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 of parenting, of fathering, even in spirit, even in ministry. And so yeah. I, I appreciate that so much. We, we definitely going to be talking after this for sure. I'm going to try <laughs> to get on your calendar at some point. Cause I, that, that is, look, I'm going to call it out. We just, I, you know, I know you're busy. I know, but just a little bit of time. That's all I I'll make it available for you. Hey. But um, Pastor Tony, man, I, I want to thank you because this has just been, it, again, it's another layer of parenting that we, that we need help with. And I think, you know, or I know really just what God has given me for this series is to help, help dads for one at yeah. all points of life, right? Because there's going to be dads that listen to this that aren't where you are. They may still be where our first two guests were in, in these the what I would even call the golden. We were talking about that. Those kind of like those golden days. Those yeah. man, they need everything from me. Oh man, look at you. You just you drew a stick figure. Go on, let me put that on the refrigerator. You, you know, let me, come on. What is this? You made a mess. Oh, don't worry about that. We'll clean that up. Mom ain't gonna be. Then they get fifteen. You'd be like, hey man, clean that up. What you don't cut the grass, man. Cut the what grass, you man. What are you doing? <laughs> or they in the room and you never see them except when it's oh, dinner time man. or you know. And so, you know, I, I feel like we need help at every point of this, you know, we do. And so I, I love the way this series, the trajectory of it and where God has taken it. And so as we close this out, I want to know, you know, there could be a, a, a guy listening to this and, you know, he, he may not be a dad and he may have some concerns or some fears, or he may be a brand new dad and, and he may be still at me, maybe he's 20, maybe he's in that selfish yeah mindset still of I know I created this person but it's I'm still learning me I'm still you know yeah. but now I gotta do this and you know and I love we said it last week when I talked to um Pastor Josh he said you know we we all have this it, when it becomes a burden 
it, it's a whole nother level of thinking when, when the thing becomes a burden, not a cause, yeah. you know, yeah. or an idea, you know, where's vision with the idea. And so as we close it out, like, what would you tell new dad, old dad, been in the game for years and we talked about it not being too late, but what, what would you give advice for them? Like two or three things, if, if or sure. more, however you want to close it out. But what would you tell them um, about being a dad? What advice would you give them? So a couple of things. The first thing I would say is don't be so hard on yourself. Um, you are where you are in this process. And all God's ever asked us to do is do the best we can submitting to him where we are in the process. You, you can't be where a dad is, has been at it for 20 something years. You've got to be right where you are and know this, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do some things wrong, but if you can allow God to develop you through those things, you just get better. I have this thing. I just try not to make the same mistake twice as much as I possibly can as a parent, as a leader, as a whatever, I try not to make the same mistakes uh, and learn from them. Number two, as a parent, I think one thing that we miss out on is when you find you, you actually have the capacity to give more of you away. And what I found in me was when I began to find who God created me to be, my why on this earth, what ended up happening was something I did not anticipate. I anticipate when I found it and begin to see it even more, I begin to see it more in my kids. I begin to, to take the role. I am here by the grace of God to help prepare you for God's purpose and plan for your life, the way that God has been doing it with me. And so that's the second one. As you continue to develop and grow, you actually offer more to your kids. And then the last one, I would say, Wherever you are in this journey, if you've done it bad and messed up, repent today. Repent today and change. And just start with one step. Don't try and do a bunch of things at once. If you have, if you make the next baseball game, the next basketball game, the next party, make the next phone call when it's supposed to be made. And you just do it one step at a time. Don't try, don't worry about gaining all your credibility back at once. As you get consistent with what you know to do, credibility takes care of itself and you'll gain what you feel like you've lost. And that's, that's what I, that's what I have, man. It's like, um, it's what's worked for me in these years. And, you know, every parent, every dad won't do it exactly how I did it. But if you can get those principles and walk them out in your own context, uh, life gets sweeter and parenting does too. And yeah, you're still gonna wanna hurt them. You're still gonna wanna, they're gonna make some decisions that will like, you're like, I, I can't believe that you lived in this house all this time and you made this <laughs> choice. But knowing at the end of the day, God has them on a process too. And you've yeah. got to trust God's process in them because you've been praying for them all these years. Those prayers have not fallen on deaf ears. God is yeah. bringing that thing to pass. That's all. Amen. Man, I, I, like I said, I, I thank you again, uh, Pastor Tony. And I'm, I'm going to ask one more favor. Um, sure. Just, I, I just felt it in, in, in kind of those closing remarks. But I just want to ask you if you could just pray. Um, yeah. for the dads that are listening to this. And this is whether it's on uh, playback or to share it with somebody, however you get this, Pastor Tony, if you could just pray um, sure. just for dads and just whatever you feel led to pray. And so I'm, I'll turn it back over to you uh, for that. Sure. Father, first of all, I say thank you. Thank you for the privilege of calling us dads, of making us dads, of using us to bring your children into the earth. God, the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. And we just thank you for the tremendous blessing that our kids are. And Father, we ask that you help us. Help us to be the men and the fathers you called us to be. God, we repent. We repent of anything and everything that we've not done that we were supposed to do to be the type of parent that we were supposed to be. But today, God, we repent 
and we thank you. We get up from the ashes of the past and look into the glory of the future. And we say today, today is the day that we will be better, that we will allow you to have more of us so that our kids can have more of you through us. Father, help us to die to ourselves and become more alive to you. Give our kids and our wives more of you through us so that they can feel the love and the support and the encouragement that you want them to have in us and through us. Today, God, I speak over every dad. I speak over every dad, every entanglement, every addiction, every challenge, and every problem. I declare and decree over them in the name of Jesus that they are free, that those that have faith to receive, God, that they are free. Anything that is blocking them from being the father that they need to be, I declare and decree over them. That thing is broken in Jesus' name, and they are super dads, the best dads ever, and they will produce a seed in the earth that will be mighty. The seed of the righteous is blessed, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, man, Pastor Tony, thank you again so much. It, it, it has been a it's blessing to, to be with you. Um, and, and I, I know you will not be a, a stranger to vantage point, um, in the future. Um, and so definitely again, thank you for taking the time. And for those that are listening, man, thank y'all for rolling with us again, another week, wherever you are, um, in the world, uh, don't forget to rate and review and, and, um, uh, just stay with us next week. We're going to go into part six, another special guest. Um, but again, thank y'all for rolling with us and we'll catch y'all next week.